I remember when our dog Grace went to obedience school. The problem is, Grace doesn't remember. Uh, don't get me wrong, she is a great dog, but she is a dog frequently tempted. Uh, just like us uh, in our journey, uh, this is why Grace needs love and support for the journey that she is on. And, and as I think about it, I guess you could say that church is kind of like obedience school for human beings. Uh, maybe this is why so many people sort of shy away from it, because the word obedience, even if it is uh, obedience to God, just makes people get worried, makes people nervous, anxious. Uh, but not Joseph in that gospel passage from the first chapter of Matthew this morning. He seems to have no problem being obedient to God. We hear these words. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. The child is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Okay, Joseph says to that statement. Uh, sounds good to me. Now, we kind of take the response that Joseph makes in that moment somewhat for granted. Uh, I think of all the other things he could have said in that moment, like, you've got to be kidding. Or, uh, you think I'm crazy? Maybe I am crazy. Or something like, no thanks, I'm out of here. All of these responses would have been very understandable for Joseph in that moment. But instead of any response like that, despite uh, not having any evidence or knowledge of the future, probably filled with a great deal of uncertainty, uh, facing potential ridicule and, and shame, and certainly down to his very sandals, fear, Joseph is courageous enough in that moment to obey. Uh, think about what would have happened if Joseph uh, had not cooperated with God's call from him in that moment. Uh, how the course of human history might have been changed. Now this is not a question really just for intellectual debate or, or theological discussion. Because in a way, every day, we could think for ourselves, what will happen if we, if you and I, don't cooperate with God's work in today's world, with God's call for our lives in the world we live in? No one knows what things might change if we decide not to obey that call that God has for our lives. Although hundreds of times during this time of the year, there Jimmy Stewart is in It's a Wonderful Life, reminding us that things can change, that the choice you make does make a difference. How our lives, how our world is intimately influenced by the ways we decide to respond to God's call for obedience in our life. The reality is, uh, this baby Joseph is about to welcome into this world, 
into, into our world comes with a clear message. Uh, it's kind of like if you got a gift of a bottle of mouthwash or a book of good manners or an exercise machine, right? Each of those things would come with a clear message, I think, from that loved one who offered you any of those items. And it's the same with Jesus. There is a clear message. It comes right after the angel says, and you are to name him Jesus. Now, most people just sort of stop there. But it goes on. The rest of it says, for he will save his people from their sins. The message is clear. In the midst of fears, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of life, a rescuer is coming, a savior is coming, because God thinks that we need saving. God thinks that we need rescuing. This is the first big hurdle in the journey of faith. Because, especially in our society today, we think we can do it on our own. We, we think we don't need anyone else. We don't need God. We don't like obedience. We like to do things our way. But the problem is this humanity we're a part of, this sin stuff, which is just what it means to be human, is like quicksand. You can't get out of it on your own. The more you try, you get just deeper and deeper into it. And, and the reality is, I think groups like AA and NA understand this so well, maybe even better than the church understands it. We need God. You need God. We need a higher power in our life to remind ourselves that we are not God. Because we are addictive people. We are addicted to all sorts of things in our life. We are addicted to apathy. We're addicted to power. We're addicted to carelessness. We're addicted to hopelessness. We're addicted to money, we're addicted to selfishness, and the list goes on and on. You can make your own list, I'm sure. All of us need a savior. It's like Abraham Lincoln wrote once. I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. The reality is this Christmas story is a story of sufficiency for our insufficiency. For all those times in our lives when we have felt insufficient, God sent a Savior for you and for me. A rescuer. In the midst of that overwhelming insufficiency, whatever it might mean for us in our lives. We can't do it on our own. That is why God sent a Savior. The only question is, how will we respond? We have a God that does not desert us. We have a God who heard the cries of God's people 2,000 years ago and hears our cries today both individually and in certain weeks of the year, collectively, especially. And God has responded, God does respond, and God will respond. It's like I, uh, Isaiah 
in the passage that John read from the seventh chapter of Isaiah is trying to convince Ahaz to do. We just have to learn to trust God, that God is with us. That God's presence is as deep and as high and as wide and as all-encompassing as we could ever imagine in our life. And yet it's easy not to trust. It's, it's easy to not be obedient to God's call for our lives. The words of the German Lutheran pastor uh, Martin Niemöller, which he wrote after the Second World War, which appears at the entrance of the Holocaust Memorial, which is near Faneuil Hall in Boston. I'm sure many of you have seen it. Remind me, and just confronts me every time I go by there, of how difficult it is to respond to God's hopes, God's call for our lives. Niemöller wrote, in Germany, the Nazis first came for the communists and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak up because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Catholics, but I didn't speak up because I was a Protestant. And then they came for me. And by that time, there was no one left to speak for me. It is easy, especially in our world today, to be so self-centered, to be so addicted to our own needs and our own success and our own perceived survival that we fail to speak up, we fail to act out. In small days, small moments every day and in big collective moments, Together. Nemo's sadness in these words, I think, is because he does not remember that God, in that moment, God is with us in all of our brokenness, in all of our fa faults and failures, in all of our struggles that we can respond in the midst of it all. This is what enabled Joseph to do what he did, and this is what will enable us to do the same at those moments in our life when we are called to respond. Joseph could have said no. Joseph could have decided to leave and to search for happiness and fulfillment someplace else, somewhere else. Many people in this world today, in the society we live in, search for happiness and fulfillment someplace else. But in the midst of certainly challenging times, Joseph decided to trust. Joseph decided to believe that God was with him right in the midst of those challenging times. Not once the good times came, but in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the challenge. You know, one of my favorite uh, Charlie Brown cartoons, Peanuts cartoons, uh, is the one that has Lucy and Linus sitting together at the bottom of this big hill. And Lucy is talking to Linus, and Lucy says to Linus, Someday I'm going to go over that hill, and I'm going to find the answer to my dreams. 
Uh, someday I'm going to go over that hill, I'm going to find hope, and I'm going to find fulfillment. I think for me, the answers to life lie beyond those clouds and over the grassy slopes of that hill. And Linus, as he often does in these comic strips, is sort of sucking his thumb and listening to what Lucy says, takes his thumb out of his mouth and says, perhaps there's another little kid on the other side of that hill who is looking this way and is thinking that all the answers to life lie on this side of the hill. Lucy looks at Linus, then turns toward the hill and yells, Forget it, kid! <laughs> the message that Charles Schultz is getting to, and I think the message that is the Christmas story, is that it's not where you are that makes the difference. It's not who you are that makes a difference. It's not what situation you find yourself in that makes a difference. The message of Christmas is no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what situation you find yourself in, remember, God is with you. All we're called to do is reach out our hand to God, which has reached out to us, and to not be afraid, and to believe to the bottom of our hearts that hope and fulfillment has been placed within us, has been placed within our hearts, within our minds, and within our souls, that we can take on whatever we need to take on, that we can respond in the way we're called to respond in this call that God places in our lives, that we can be those people that God calls us to be by remembering that God is with us. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come together on this day and every day remembering the power of your everlasting and ever-loving presence. We know at times we wander, we know at times we wonder, we know at times we are filled with uncertainty and anxiety. Help us to carry the story of Christmas with us into this new year that will be faced, filled with personal and societal challenges. We might wish we were someplace else. We might wish we were someone else. But God, you have made us sacred. You have made us holy. You have made us whole. And in the midst of whatever wilderness we find ourselves, the story of Christmas reminds us that we are never alone and that in that trust, in that faith, we can respond with courage and with clarity, with purpose. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's sing together on page 230 of our red a hymnal, O Little Town of Bethlehem.